Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell this Friday at the warehouse from 3 to 6. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind, Yock. Boom! There you go. All right, Brian Howell is joining us now. He's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333-877-346-3333. Joining us now is Brian Howell, Colorado Buffalo's beat writer for Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily Camera. Brian, here we are. The rivalry is back. It's this time of year. Are you fired up or what? <laughs> Uh, Rumble in the Rockies or whatever they call it, right? <laughs> yeah, this manufactured rivalry. I guess I'm fired up. Uh, you know, for you know Utah fans, I know there's a lot to look forward to. For Colorado fans, it's um, you know it's basketball season at this point. So I guess we're looking forward to kind of turning the page after this one. Yeah, last year was a crazy situation with the pandemic, and the Buffaloes were the big surprise. You know, with uh, winning the games that they won. Um, I'm wondering if you think this season was derailed before the season when, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure, their quarterback transfers to Oregon State and now he doesn't play. I think it's more than that. I mean, he transfers, but then also they brought in a transfer last winter from Tennessee, J.T. Shrout, that, you know, from a lot of people I've heard from that got to watch practice would have been the guy. And, you know, it was characterized to me that this staff was devastated when he went down with a knee injury in middle of August. So, um, you know, it's it's possible Brendan Lewis would have been their third-string guy this year. I mean, he might have yeah. been the guy, but at, at, at worst, you would have had a shorter leash on Brendan Lewis early in the season when things went south offensively and you could have you know, gone with, with another option where they just didn't have another option. Yeah, and that's, I think, what it boils down to offensively. They haven't been very good at all and I think it starts with the quarterback position although when I look at the stats 27 sacks that's a lot uh, how I don't want to it's harsh to say but how bad's the offensive line yeah it, it's been bad I mean it, it's been bad enough that uh, a few weeks ago Carl Durrell fired the offensive line coach and that's the first time maybe in history from people I've talked to that CU's ever fired a position coach in the middle of the season so uh, you know it was, it's been bad. I mean, that, that group is, has not played very well. And, you know, Brendan Lewis has had his ups and downs. He's a freshman, and, you know, he's had his struggles. But uh, the offensive line has just not been good. And, you know, it's affected the run game, the passing game, and, you know, the, the offense just in general, outside of a few little spurts and, you know, a, a nice about nine-quarter stretch a few games ago, um, this offense has just not been very good most of the season. Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. Yeah, because I thought that as I as we, we we broadcast every day or every year from Pac-12 Media Day, and Darrell is such a likable dude that you you'd like to see him succeed. Uh, but I thought, man, they're they're just going to be in trouble uh, at, at this point here. Uh, I didn't know that they could recreate what they had last year, but I thought they'd have more success 
running the ball with Broussard and, and Fontenot figuring I could have made a case going into the season that the combination of those two guys would give them the best one-two punch on the ground in the conference and it hasn't worked out to the level I and mean, Broussard it's not like he's had a bad season but I, I figured one of these guys would be a thousand yard rusher I don't know how much of it's a knock on those guys. How much of it a knock is it on the passing game isn't prolific so they can stack the box or the offensive line? Or in your idea, is it a combination of everything? I think it's a combination of everything. And, and you're right about that duo. And, you know, beginning of the season, I would have thrown in a Shad Clayton, who was a four-star recruit in 2020. I mean, I thought the trio was going to be very good this season. And a shot ended up being kind of a non-factor, got hurt, and he was redshirting. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't been great, but there's been times where Jared Broussard and Alex Fontenot have both looked fantastic, and they'll they'll break off a run. Where you're like, okay, wow, they're they're not hurt. <laughs> they they've still got the ability. They they found a hole right there, but it just hasn't been consistent. And you know, especially early in the season when Brennan Lewis just you know wasn't hitting receivers and couldn't throw. It started with kind of the Minnesota game where um, the Gophers just said, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to let you beat us with the run. They stacked the box and see you couldn't do anything that day. Ended up with like 63 yards of offense. So that's kind of been a theme that uh, teams have used most of the season. And luckily for the Buffs, Brendan Lewis has played well and kind of backed teams off a little bit uh, in the second half of the season. Tell us about the injuries on defense because I understand there's been a few. Yeah, there's been quite a few. I mean, Nate Landman, um, who, you know, if you fans remember, you know, he tore his Achilles against the Utes uh, you know, last, last year's year, game. Yeah. Came back, had you know had a phenomenal recovery, and was unbelievable the first seven games. But then injured his shoulder at Cal. He's missed the last four games, and you know they keep saying hey, there's a shot he'll play. I'd be surprised if he plays this week. And they also lost a couple of, uh, outside linebackers. I mean, last week their started their second starting outside linebacker was basically their fifth string guy who didn't even see the field until two weeks ago. So. Um, they're, they're a little depleted there. They've got sometimes three true freshmen in the secondary that are playing at once. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a little depleted on the defensive side, and um, that's happened throughout the season. They were pretty good defensively the first, I'd say, six, seven games. And then ever since Landman and Guy Thomas, one of their outside linebackers, went out, uh, they've just really struggled. Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. So when you look at hope, you know, we don't put much hope in beating the Utes this week, obviously. But going forward, uh, as you're trying to look for some hope with this team, is it in the youth? Where Where is it exactly? Yeah, I, I think it is in the youth. I mean, that, that's the one positive thing is there's a lot of young guys that they that they believe have a lot of talent that are now getting some snaps. And it sort of reminds me of the 2013 Buffs, who were not very good, but they played a ton of freshmen. And that's the group that in 2016, as seniors, were basically a bunch of four-year starters that won the South title. So uh, this sort of reminds me of that. We'll see if that progresses you know, over the next couple seasons into that. But you know, the hope is with that youth. And then also, the Buffs have got to have a really good offseason in the transfer portal. They've got to get some reinforcements in a lot of different areas. How much have they mined that? Quite a bit. I think that'll be a big part of what they do, at least in the early going of Darrell's tenure. I think that they're, they need some quick fixes in a lot of spots. Yeah, that's what I'm – I guess that's probably – if your team isn't good enough, 
where it's at right now. I'm figuring the idea is, well, let's just go to the transfer portal then. Uh, and, you know, you would think with Darrell's been around, coached in various parts of the country, that he might have some contacts, and that might be, uh, I don't know if it's an easy way, but it might be a potential way to get this program. I, I don't know. What, what do you think is a realistic uh, uh position for this program uh bowl eligibility or actually contending to win the south i think the first step is bowl eligibility and, and you're right it's not an easy fix i mean they got six transfers this last year and not one of them ended up being a, a starter this year so um it, they've got to do better at that portal but yeah i do think that if they have a you know a, a good offseason in the transfer portal that really bowl eligibility is the issue for this team I mean, they've got to get there they've only made two bowl games i think in 17 years there's three bowl games, I think it is. So uh, they've got to get there. They've never been to back-to-back bowl games in that period. And that's kind of the next goal you know, for this program is just get six wins for a couple seasons in a row and, and try to build on that. And then eventually maybe you can contend for the South title. Brian Howell with the Boulder Daily Camera joining us. All right, you brought up basketball, 5-1. and one. Tad Balls, you just got a pretty good program. They've got some players there, Big Evan Bate, uh, Batty's back, some other guys, Walker. Uh, what are you looking at this season as far as them being a contender? Because I think they can they can be. Yeah, I think they can be. They, they just played out in the Virgin Islands this week and did not have a very good tournament. They went 2-1, and one, uh, but, you know, really they were kind of expected – to get to the championship game and play against Colorado State, and they end up losing the first game and barely won the next two. So um, it's kind of a shaky five and one start, but that's a pretty good team. That you know they have a history of not doing well um, in tropical tournaments. So you know maybe it's just getting out of the tropics that will help them. But there's a lot of talent. I think they just got to grow together. I think that that's a team that by March and when you get to Vegas for the tournament, they could be really tough to contend with. So they don't do well in tropics because that was uh, because what was it a couple years back uh, on graduation commencement ceremonies it snowed. Yeah, that's right. I think it was uh, 2019. <laughs> it might have been. So yeah, uh, it, it'd be a good thing if they can get back to cold weather. They, they're really good in Boulder, and uh, you know they they have a, a history of pulling off a few wins here and there on the road in the Pac-12. So um, I think this team is talented enough. I'm not sure if they'll contend for the. The Pac-12 title, I think UCLA and maybe Arizona uh, put themselves uh, near the top of that. But I do think they can be a top-four team in the Pac-12. Okay, contend for an NCAA berth then. Yes, I think I think they can do that. All right, uh, what is your thought as far as uh, how ugly will it get on Friday? Ooh, I, I almost think that Utah could name its score. Now, if they show up and and – you know, play motivated. I mean, the one thing I, I look at this game and say, all right, maybe Colorado has a shot in that Utah really has nothing to play for other than just its senior day. But um, they're not moving anywhere in the standings or, you know, they can't contend for a national title. They've already won the South. And maybe they're looking forward to uh, next week. So that's probably CU's only hope is that Utah's doing that. Otherwise, I think, I mean, the Utah have just pounded the Buffs the last few years. And I think that this is, you know, really maybe the worst uh, – CU team that we've seen in the last four or five years. So I think the youth could almost name their score. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's uh, Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Camera giving us a lowdown on the Colorado Buffaloes. 
What a program, man. Two, two bowl games in 17 years, and you only need six wins? Yikes, man. They have been down for so long. And here are the Utes. It's not a question of bowl eligibility. That question, that, that's that been answered a long time ago. How good are you going to be? Are you Are going to contend for the South? Are you going to contend for the conference title? Are you going to contend for the Rose Bowl? Are you going to contend for the playoff? I already got some Ute fans telling me next year, there's no way Kyle can retire because next year they're going to be contending for the playoff. Ute fans, you buying that? Have you got so many young guys? Well, we'll have to see who decides to go to the NFL. Now, Utah's not had a lot of guys go to the NFL early. They end up, a lot of them end up staying. And Marcus Williams is safety a few years back. I certainly think Lloyd and Ford will go. Uh, I I would think it's in their best interest to go, to go make money. I mean, what are they going to do now at this point? What do they What do they hope to accomplish? And a lot of speculation on Kyle's retirement. Uh, burned out. My neighbor the other day, man, you could see it in the game the other night. I don't see it as much. I don't see it as much this year. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. But I think at this point, you know, you can plan on it or think on it. This is what I'm thinking about doing. But uh, until you get right down to the time to make the decision, I think that's when it matters. Uh, so at this point, you know, is he is he year to year? Uh, maybe. But what does that mean? I mean, really, in a sense, uh, who isn't? I mean, it's a high, high stress job. You've got to devote so much time to it. Uh, particularly, you know, it's not a, it's not as easy for these guys. Let's say some of the higher profile. You know, we had Norm Chow on our radio for a few years after he retired, and he was talking about how he was at SC. And SC, when it came to recruiting, it was about evaluating rather than finding the gem and developing. You had just had to evaluate and decide: is this player good enough to be in our program? So maybe recruiting is easier there, uh, and for Utah. And, you know, we got a lot of good players in our state, but you've got to get players out of state to come into your program. And and it really is a full-time job. I mean, it, it, I don't know that you're ever off. When you listen to these coaches talk about recruiting, and recruiting is an everyday deal, well, it's not about just during the season and during a recruiting period because it never stops. So you can understand if someone has been doing it that long, 62 years of age, my own personal belief, I don't know this, he hasn't told me this by any stretch, so I'm not giving any inside information here, but I think he's your coach next year, and, and then we'll see where he's at after that. You know, go, go from there. But these are good times right now for you of you folks, so enjoy it. I imagine many of you will. I'm saying twenty to 25000 next week in Las Vegas. What do you think? They're going to have that many? Because I know there's some people who bought tickets because tickets were available before the Utes clinched. So I don't know if the, the Utes will have a figure on that. Uh, be able to say, well, we sold X amount of tickets. Well, they actually sold more, whatever their allotment is. Maybe I think there's going to be a great showing. It's a great opportunity. I think they're going to win that game, and I do think they're going to go to the Rose Bowl. Probably a lot of me is saying uh, that because I want it to happen. It'll be fun for us to cover. I've covered the Fiesta Bowl. I covered the Sugar Bowl. So why not the Rose Bowl, man? Uh, I've done it before, but not not here locally. 
All right, stay with us. We'll get you caught up on what you may have missed. Coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. So, the 9 o'clock Slacker Radio headlines are brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air. Home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit Lee'sHeatAC.com now to schedule a free in-home estimate or a free second opinion. Lee's Heating and Air. Give them a call. There you go. Wow, man. What went on? What is catching you up to date? How about this, man? Gonzaga just punking UC Los Angeles. Number one versus number two. Number one wins by 20. And it really was never a competitive game after the first few minutes. Isn't it funny, man? BYU, year after next, is going to go into a much better basketball league and the Big 12 than the West Coast, right? We all agree with that. But the funny thing is they may have a better chance of winning the league than they've ever had in the West Coast Conference because Gonzaga is the ultimate beast. Man, they looked awesome. Timmy's a candidate for player of the year. Holmgren, seven-footer, dribbling behind the back, going in for a dunk, shooting threes, blocking shots. Skinny is all get out, but he can play. Nimhard, a seasoned veteran. This team is loaded again. They got Duke coming up at the end of the week. They played the number two team. They played the number 12 team in Texas. Beat them by double digits. Beat the Bruins by 20. Wow. Very, very impressive win there. Lakers go into the Garden without LeBron and get beat. Do we take any pleasure in seeing the Lakers struggle? I think you do. I'm pretty sure you do. In fact, I know you do. (laughs) And then, how about it? How about the soccer game? You soccer people, RSL. I'm not a big-time soccer guy. I don't watch a lot of soccer on television. I watch the game, playoff game. I follow the local team, feel it's part of the job. Probably I do it, I'd say, maybe about 80% out of duty versus uh, 20% enjoyment. I'm not going to lie. Don't follow the league that much. Don't follow European soccer, but follow the locals. They don't score. They don't even take a shot, and they win. Is that crazy or what? They win in penalty kicks, 6-5. to five. Glad's kick gets deflected a little but goes in, and now they play Sporting Kansas City. I used to make fun of that, the commercials. We hate them. They hate us. And they got them Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. I mean, Pablo, their interim manager, went to my high school, so I'm rooting for him. Love to see him do well. Seems like a good dude the times we've had him on. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at at this stage of my life, going and uh, rooting for people who are good people. And if you're a good person and I hear you're a good person, I'm rooting for you. 
that's where uh, uh, I'm pretty much at. Did we get that good person? Is he ready, Yuck? All right, joining us now, special guest all the way from the south of France, joining the beautiful weather now. <laughs> south of France. <laughs> from Portland, well, this will shock you, but it's cloudy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Joining us now from his beachfront estate in Hawaii. Oh, if only you were right. Or it is in the early morning hours, is snig diggity (laughs) ding dang dog. (laughs) David James the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth. Oh man. So I watched the game. (laughs) Yeah, I watched the game last night, right? And and so I'm watching the basketball game. Couldn't have been more impressed with Gonzaga. They're controlling the game. Up 20 yeah. at halftime. Pretty much the whole I time. Mean, they, they treated UCLA like UCLA was some team that you, you truck in from yeah. the 28th best conference in the country and you just drill them. Yeah. Well, it, it was. It was the Pac-12. I get your point. hey <laughs> <laughs> What a night, man, for the West Coast. They beat two Pac-12 teams. Isn't it sweet? Oregon sucks now in sports. They lose to St. Mary's. They get hammered in football by the Utes. They get hammered in basketball by the Cougars. Life is suddenly a lot better than it was. (laughs) Phil Knight is like, what am I writing these checks for? You guys can lose without my money. (laughs) I was loving it, man. Oh, man, I bet you were. But you're right about the Cougars. They're going to move into a much better league. And they were going to have a much better chance to win the league. Yeah. I know. What chance do they have of uh, beating Gonzaga and winning the league? Well, over the course of the season, zero. Maybe they get in a one-game deal in In the tournament tournament and shots don't fall, you know, in a one-game. Because they have beaten Gonzaga a couple of times at least, right? More than that. And, they, you know, Mark Pope's first year was just about as good as it can get when they had that environment there and they won that ball game. But I don't think over the, when you're playing double-digit conference games, I, I think that's a true test in the regular season. So maybe in a one-game basis, but we haven't seen it yet. I know. I know. And, and, the, and the Big 12 is ridiculously good. I mean, I, I just saw the rankings. You know, it's early in the year, but they, already the numbers say that they're the number one conference right. in the country already. So... It's it's going to be a really good league, and we can sit here and say you can win it, but you could also finish fifth and be a pretty good team. So, well, that's the thing. That's what I remember. Chris Hill told me about when uh, the other sports were going into the Pac-12. He said, "Now we may never win the league in some of these sports, uh, particularly in some of the women's sports, but our chances of getting in the NCAA tournament might be better." Because yep. the league gets so much respect in whether it's softball, basketball, volleyball, soccer, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. particularly in the women's sports I'm speaking of, that the league is so deep because that's where they get off on all their titles and a large portion of them uh, winning these other sports that they are so successful at that you can be uh, maybe record isn't as good, but you're going to get in the tournament, which is you know the ultimate goal is to yep. get in the tournament. And so I think that's what BYU, even if they don't win, they can shoot for that because you look at Oklahoma last year, I think they finished eighth and they got in, 
right? That That's awesome if you're sending eight out of the 12 going to the league, right? And last year was eight out of the 10, obviously. Uh, so their chances of getting to the tournament may increase, although they're pretty good in the West Coast Conference. But I also think that, you know, we'll see going forward, too, to see what he does with recruiting because I think it's going to open up some doors. Because I know I know this because I know he told the folks at BYU – uh, I I lost this player, this player, and this player because we we're in the West Coast Conference. He may never be mm-hmm. able to admit that polit- uh, publicly, but I know that's the case. And so maybe they stand. While they definitely stand a much better chance of getting those types of players, whether they get them or not remains to be seen. But their odds go up, so maybe that will allow them to co- uh, compete. I'm excited for that when they get to that point. Absolutely, absolutely. With all these transfers, you know, you just. You don't know. It's it's so crazy, and and the transfer portal is only going to get bigger. And Kyle Whittingham was talking about that at his Monday press conference. He said, "Whatever you've seen from the transfer portal, it's going to be it's going to be crazier now." And well, I all think these coaches getting fired are just firing yeah. up the football version of the portal to new record levels because they're going to be kids who are like, "Well, I had a tie with this coach. You know, this new system is it going to help me?" And, and more kids than ever are going to be. I think it should be like Utah high school sports. Everybody gets in the playoffs. Just assume that you don't have to enter your name in the potential portal now. You're automatically in it. So we don't have to have Yach with his secret sources mining that thing 15 hours a day. Everyone's in it. You just automatically go in it. Everybody, Everybody's a free agent every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't enter it. There's something to be said, though, for the – the players who stay, you look at uh, what Bernard's done at running back for the U and uh, what he might be able to do again next year, and I'm sure they'll try to bring in more guys to compete with him. But Yeah, but how do you know if he didn't go to San Diego State, he's not a 1,500-yard rusher? Well, I mean, you can't know for sure. You can right. make that argument. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just picked them because they've been a good ground sure. Cam Rising stayed in the program. Quarterbacks coming and going all the time. You can't even keep track. How about Costelli already out the door? I didn't even bother to yeah. get to learn his name. I know, I he was know. like the text line. Why did I? Why would I get to learn the text line number when it was <laughs> going to be taken away from us? Same thing with Costelli this kid. Says, well, Cam Risen's the guy again next year. I got to go find some other play. Yeah, but he com- when he committed, he knew that Cam Rising was in the program. Yeah, but now he's seen him play and he's locked it down. So what are you going to do? Thinking, go, which which programs suck? Right. Is that where we're at? Yeah. <laughs> or I guess a good team that doesn't have anybody. But see, then you think, well, they could take two or three guys out of the portal. I mean, they take you and you're there, and then a week later they take somebody else. Because you've got to be two quarterbacks deep. Most teams have Minimally. quarterback injuries. Minimally. Right. Yeah. I, I I I don't know, but I don't know what you do. What is he supposed to do, Kyle? Don't recruit these kids out of California. I mean, I'm just picking California. That's sort of well. Random. That's where they come from. Yeah. No, you got to get the you got to go out and get the best players and hope they stick. But if they go, they go, and you just go get another one. I mean, this is I, I don't know what else there is to do. You know, we don't know exactly. We're not as Morgan said. We're not in the building at five thirty, so we don't know what happened behind closed doors. And you know, when is there conflict, and who has trust, and who lacks trust, and we can go down on a whole list of reasons that people are happy or unhappy where they're at. Um, but I think if you're a quarterback in the Utah program, you got to be thinking, I've got to get to second on the depth chart. 
there are so many injuries. If I get to second, there's a good chance I'll get a chance. When I get my chance, I got to take it. Yeah, yeah, it's the way of the world. So I wanted yep. to hit you up on the soccer. So I'm watching uh, the game, right? <laughs> yeah. No offense whatsoever. I mean, pathetic right. offense, but yeah. yet they still win, and that's good for them. I was rooting for the win, and it was it was yeah. such a bizarre game that the yep. bizarreness of it entertained me in a right. sense. Uh, yeah. Now, you're a soccer guy. Uh, I'm quasi. Uh, what do you think it does for soccer guys or for the sport of soccer for people who are on the fence that a team that oh, literally no. has zero offense, no. zero offense can win? It's, uh, it's obviously not good, but it's also a one-in-a-thousand game. Um, you know, the future of the sport and making it more popular doesn't hang on that. But do I think that makes it more popular? No. They knocked out a name brand team that's got multiple multi-million dollar attacking players that plays really exciting soccer and plays it in a full stadium. You know, they play in front of 30 or 40,000 people. If they'd been deep in the playoffs, it probably would have been a bigger crowd. Been up there for regular season games, they had fifty five thousand. So no, I don't think that one individual game helps sell the sport anywhere except inside the RSL fan base, and it helps a lot there. But that's you know that's a drop in the bucket for what Major League Soccer is trying to do. So you knew it was going to be a problem when the uh, social media stuff went up. Albert Rusnak went on social media right before the game and said, "I'm not with the you know I'm, I'm with the guys in spirit, but I'm not there. I've tested positive for COVID. I hope to be back as soon as possible because." He's the guy who creates chances. They track that stat, and he is the guy who makes RSL's attack go. He's missed a, just a handful of games over his career here, and it doesn't usually go well when he's not there. And now it's a playoff game, and you're on the road, and it went spectacularly poorly. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't have a single shot. Did I know their attack was going to be a lot weaker? Absolutely. Absolutely it's going to be a lot weaker. But to think that they couldn't uh, hit on one counterattack, you know, one, one time and get off a shot. Not even a shot on goal. Just get off a shot. It could be high. It could be wide. But get off a shot. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bizarre world. It's, it's incredible that that happened. And the whole karma thing that they did it against Freddie Juarez, who left in midseason and went up there, left as a head coach to be an assistant, which never happens. And the GM... Uh, former GM Garth Lagerway and former GM Craig Weibel are up there. The guy who had the uh, penalty saved, who took the sixth one for Seattle, Kellen Rowe, he was in New England for a long time. He was with RSL, I think, for only half a season a couple of years ago. But he's a former RSL guy, and he gets saved. And then the ball, off the keeper's hands, Justin Glad's shot to win it, off the keeper's hands, off one post, across the mouth of goal, off the other post and in. I mean, who's writing this stuff? Bizarre. I, 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 I assume the, the folks who were assigned to cover the game for their publication. Oh, nice. Way to take me literally. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's writing this stuff? Well, let's see. The Tribune might have been Alex Bayar, and then to the D News, James it. <laughs> you you <laughs> asked. In Seattle, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would it be? Without, I mean, the the day before Thanksgiving, I get a text or tweet that says PK is the worst with like four or five O's. 
it can't just be the worst with one O traditional spelling. It's got to be like four or five extra O's. See, this doesn't make any sense. And and anytime there's something like this, there's got to be a baseball analogy, right? Okay. If you're the worst, how did you survive 20 years? Right. The guy who strikes out the most, the batter who strikes out the most times in Major League Baseball history is not the worst hitter. The worst hitter probably only got eight or 12 at bats in Major League Baseball. I thought, oh, this guy's completely overmatched. Get him out of here. If you stick around for 20 years, you can't be the worst. You must have something going on. So somebody just doesn't like you and they're trying to hurt you. You're not the worst. If you were the worst, you would have been, I mean, this is radio, man. People get it. They go after a month or two all the time. Okay, second to worst? Nope. Nope. Yep, you're coming up on 20 years, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, were giving me, you were giving me a hard time about that Hall of Fame stuff. I was thinking about this sitting in the airport for a really long time yesterday. I was thinking, oh, PK's totally going to end up in that Hall of Fame. We went up there when Randy Rogers went in. I was up there another time when uh, Bill Marcroft went in. You're totally going into that thing. All the years with the trip, all the years on the radio, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but they won't do it until I'm dead. Nope. I so what's the difference? <laughs> Post, posthumously. <laughs> Words you always read wrong. Posthumously. Posthumously. <laughs> I, was, I don't know how old I was when I finally got that word right, but I know I was too old. I should have gotten that right a few years earlier. Posthumously. Uh, Posthumously, yeah. Well, I, you know, if anybody can do it posthumously, it would be me. Hey, last thing, Danny Cannell tweeted it out. You, you poo pooed it when I said it, but Conference <laughs> Championship weekend, BYU we, needs or Notre we Dame talked needs a big about game it. to get in the playoff. BYU, maybe it could get them into a New Year's Six Bowl. Plus, it'd just be fun. It's not yeah, going to happen. Together, like Coastal Carolina. It's not going to happen. I, what I should have happened. They should have. They should have figured it out ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what they should have done. Right, and it could have been a whole series of games bouncing around right. different different stadiums outside the continental U.S. to get a thirteenth game, or just get a freaking waiver. Yeah, right. We've seen that all the time. There's a rule. We got a waiver. <laughs> yeah. Just get, get a waiver. waiver. South Bend or Chicago. Uh, at Jerry World, any number of places. Freaking Notre yep. Dame, you can have it on Mars, and it's going to sell out. Yeah, Notre Dame and BYU would definitely sell out wherever they played. Yeah, and really, it does not matter. I, it's, an, it's a great idea, but it's a, it's a great idea whose time should have been it's thought passing. years ago. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was. That's I've what they should have done. Knock. There have been a lot of days, Yach, who wish I would just get in my car and go home, and I told him, you know what they ought to do? He's like, yeah, I know, dude, go home. <laughs> yeah, they should have, if they should have done it like in 2012. So, all right, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Get a shot. Give okay. us a call on Friday. All right, we'll talk to you. All yeah. right, that's DJ taking a couple of days off with Joy family. Good for him. He deserves it. Doesn't take a whole lot of time off. We'll all be back together on Monday. And we'll all be back together here in a couple minutes as we wrap up the show. Get your feedback. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Uh, winter's going to be upon us real soon, right? How much fun would it be to spend some of it in a hot tub? Join Jake and Ben this Friday from 10 a.m. to noon at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet 
Black Friday sale. Now, that's in Draper, right next to Cowabunga Bay, which is 12101 Factory Outlet Drive, Jake and Ben, 10 to noon. Hot Tub Factory Outlet. They got a Black Friday sale going on. Sounds like a good time for sure. All right, your feedback. Whole bunch of stuff we've been having fun with today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for always joining us. Certainly appreciate your listenership over the years. Could you imagine DJ was just talking about it? 20 years. <laughs> Coming up here in the spring. Hopefully the year after, 21, 22, you get the drift. If all goes well and it all goes as planned, that's the way it'll be. So we got your feedback. Robert tweets out as I enjoyed Riley's comments this morning about diva quarterbacks in the transfer portal really think there's a lot of QBs that need to sit and be educated on the bench something to say for that isn't there yeah because we see that Costelli's got his name in the transfer portal you know comes up early last year misses misses the last part of your senior year of high school to go be in spring ball Uh, that always makes me a little queasy that kids are growing up so fast. You got the rest of your life. And what did it matter, man? Maybe it helped him realize he wasn't going to play. Uh, I I knew something was going to be up when they uh, named that one. What's the kid's name? Barnes as uh, the third team Bryson Barnes from Milford, Utah. Yeah, yeah. Where's Mil? I don't even know where Milford, Utah is. Uh, is Essentially, if you go to Delta, you drive like an hour west. It's out there. An hour west? Played at a 1A high school, set all kinds of records, and has proven to be a pretty decent player, it sounds like. Well, good for him uh, that that's the case. But once uh, he was listed as the third-teamer, even after uh, what's-his-face left, uh, when Brewer left, it it changed Jackson, right? But it didn't change the other two. Correct. The other two stayed the same. And I I remember thinking to myself, uh uh-oh. Uh, this could uh, cause some issues. And then we talked to DJ, Turkeys of the Year, and PK gets a nomination for Turkey of the Year because he got a tweet, and I'm speaking in the third person, that he's the worst. DJ goes to the Hall of Fame. I go to the worst. Ah, I put this up on Facebook. How could this be? Tammy, this is why we love PK. I love when he says stuff to just to get people riled up. He did it to my dad for years, and I just laugh. Do I say that to get people riled up? Always, PK, always. <laughs> How about this? PK needs to sing more. I've often said, Yak, we should throw it out to the people. <laughs> Instapol, now, go. Should I sing more? Because if they want me to sing... I'll sing. Oh, I got to save this. I got to send this to my family. PK is a freaking media genius. He's able to get a reaction from everyone. My favorite is when he says something that makes all the fan bases angry. He's got a good relationship with the coaches and asks great, great questions. The show is success because of the different personalities you guys rock. You know, actually, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to do good interviews. And I, and I do have a fairly decent relationship with the coaches. I agree. Um, I think they feel like they, they can trust me, and I've tried to be as fair as I possibly can. And now, I mean, I root for them to all to win. 
Uh, I like them all. There's really no head coach that I could think of that I don't like. Uh, so I don't know the Utah State guys very well, if at all. Uh, before I did, but they've changed, and I do, and I do root for them to to to, uh, to do well. But I, I really enjoy the. I don't get it as much anymore. I enjoy the opportunities to get uh, uh, in depth interviews. I don't really like going and doing the interviews with everybody because you get a question here or there. But that's the nature of the business. I understand it. I like the one on ones where I can ask some follow up questions and and go from there. But one guy says, man, he's glad, glad, glad that he lives in northern Idaho and does not listen or see PK, the high-voiced troublemaker of pushing Max Hall to saying what he said about Utah after BYU won the game, pushes his Arizona connections too much. Max David has James is a all prof- of this. Do what? Max Hall has spelled all of this saying he already knew he was going to do what, you, what he, he was going to do. I push my Arizona connections too much. David James is the professional all the time. He really is. I mean, DJ is the ultimate professional. We're lucky to have the you-know-what in our community, aren't we? (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Uh, We make fun. But the whole idea is to have a good time, Uh, and hopefully that's what people get. Find a little analysis, maybe some insight, spread some information that I may hear. I tend to hear a fair amount. Got to be careful of what you say and what you don't. You got to pick your spots to give information, uh, so you don't want to get anybody upset, and you certainly don't want to get anybody gives you something uh, in a confidential manner, but knows you're going to broadcast it, but doesn't want to be known. So you don't want to make sure it gets back that people can figure out who you're talking to. That's not cool. But we have a good time, and I'm grateful for those who listen. Grateful for this Thanksgiving season. I wish you all the best. Jazz play tonight. Join us on Friday morning. We'll be here. The Utes play. Aggies play. uh, Jazz play that night. It'll be a busy Friday. Have a heck of a Thanksgiving. Get back with us on Black Friday. Thanks for listening. DJ and PK, Jake and Ben coming up next.